The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. One's for the birds, this one's for the city. This one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down the 95 to the right is the link. With a team pulling up, knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson. Xfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Lock, stop by F1. Fly, Eagles fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird Gang, Bird Gang, yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once, now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't me. Brenda Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run it back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Can't let your bunch of squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bro. Beer pong baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato pie, bring three of us. After every bird gang, you know where to be. Fourth of John, NBC, in the heart of Philly. About the birds, about the birds, all about the birds. E Rock, yeah, sign of Hollywood. Welcome to episode 108 of 4th and John, recording from NBC Sports Philadelphia, live in Wells Fargo Center. Nice job. You know? <laughs> now this weekend, uh, thinking about this, this Eagles team, we were all on the edge of our, our seats, thinking about what we were going to see from these Philadelphia Eagles. The edge of our bleachers. What's that? The edge of our bleachers. Edge of our bleachers. That's, that's a shout out to Buffalo there. But I mean, just thinking about this, thinking about this, this, this team. Uh, what we, what were we going to see from them? I mean, the good news: the season is not over. We got a W, gentlemen. But the bad news: if you wanted a trade, uh, a trade, a major trade did not happen in the city of Philadelphia. But what the, what the, what the Eagles did? They turned a negative, in, negative into a positive. Uh, that the negative would be. Orlando Scandrick. Turn it, he would be the lemon because the, the Eagles turned that into lemonade. Uh, the, the team regrouped, came back, uh, got a big W, got back to doing what they do best, and that's winning football games. Uh, now, uh, you know, if you, if you were a fan hoping to uh, get that trade, I mean, you could be a little upset. You could be disappointed. You know, to quote Yoda, you know, it's the do or, or, or not do. There, there is no try. Uh, for, the, for, the, for the people out there upset that Howie didn't try hard enough, you know, you, you, you could be a little upset. But you have to look at the reality of things. Um, what, what Howie's basically saying to me right now, he is doubling down on the players in this locker room right now. Uh, he, he's, he's got Deshaun Jackson coming back this week. Uh, Cravon LeBlanc. Um, uh, you know, Jason Peters is going to come back. You know, he's got some pieces to the puzzle. You know, is he 
giving a message to this locker room saying he believes in the guys in this locker room. Because, I mean, obviously, they could have went out there, overpaid for a, a couple players. And you know I've been pounding the table for a nice little trade, but a guy like Chris Harris costs too much. A guy like Robbie Anderson costs too much. I mean, you're not, you're not giving up a second for Robbie Anderson. You're not giving up a, a – they were talking about trade, trading for Darius Slay, uh, a first and a third. Um, that's – you know, I, I, I just feel like, you know, as a draft guy, you have to, you have to spend draft capital wisely. Uh, and if the, the time, the situation arises perfectly, then you drop the hammer. But moving forward, I mean, I, I feel like Howard Roseman believes in the players in this locker room. He's got the nucleus of, of players that, if healthy – this, this is a squad that we all kind of call a Super Bowl team. Now, you know, we're halfway there, how he's living on a prayer. What say you, Mr. Uh, E-Rock? Oh, well, this was definitely strategic seating for this particular episode. Because last week we did that little, we had a little argument, right? We started bickering back and forth. And it's very unlike E-Rock and Gale to not agree on a particular search, uh, situation. That was a healthy conversation. It was a healthy conversation, but it was a, a lot of people said we sounded like an old married couple, you know, kind of arguing back <laughs> and forth. And there was the hashtag Team Gale versus hashtag Team E-Rock. And I can say that hashtag Team Gale got the most support, all right? But I got my butt kicked on that. One, but it turns out that hashtag Team E Rock ended up having the final say and what exactly ah, happened fantastic. with the Philadelphia Eagles he tried, and the trade. He tried, he tried. Listen, the reason I had you go first is because I wanted you to put a little sunshine on the episode, I wanted you to put a little positivity, and I also wanted to see how you would spin this certain thing, knowing that the Eagles did not do any trades. I don't know for the life of me where Eagles Twitter. Eagles Facebook, Eagles social media, Eagles fans in general thought there was some mystical unicorn out there, a player, probably the age of 26, who's been to Pro Bowls and who has been an All-Pro, who has a team-friendly deal, whose team just cannot wait to get rid of them, that they could they could give some sort of seventh-round conditional draft pick to, and he would come to Philadelphia and find himself. Maybe they would build him a, a, a phone booth somewhere at Lincoln Finance financial field since they don't make those anymore and he would find a place to change in it come out be superman and resurrect or save the eagle season i don't know what gave them the impression that there's gms out there that when howie roseman picks up the phone he offers them a couple wawa hoagies maybe maybe uh sydney jones maybe a, 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 a conditional seventh round pick a half price coupon for chickies and pete's crab fries a season pass to the philadelphia zoo and these people say Say, oh, Howie, come on in. Thank you so much for being so generous. We'll give you whatever you want. This, I saw this coming a mile away. And that's because when you take a look at the NFL landscape, it's the trades that have happened prior to this have gotten a little bit out of control. Would you not agree? Like, when in the history of the NFL have you seen trades before the dra- trade deadline dealing with... When did two first-round picks become a thing? Uh, that was yeah. never a thing before this year. I think the... the I think it's changing, though. It is changing, but it's changing to a ridiculous pace. And I honestly think the GMs and general managers have taken a look at, okay, Mac goes for two first-round picks. Whoo, that's a lot. Jalen Ramsey goes for two first-round picks. Fitzpatrick goes for two first-round picks. And all of a sudden, the, the 
the asking price for these players keep going up and up and up to the point where NFL GMs have got to be like, yo, we've got to start chilling with this because we're going to pigeonhole ourselves in a corner where these teams are asking for way too much and we're going to blow every, all the draft capital we have on trading for these assets. And let's, and, 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 and let's face it. The New England Patriots set the bar at the wide receiver market at a second-round pick. Boys and girls, well, the, the, on Sanu, they offered a second for Sanu prior to the season starting. So a lot, a lot of people out there were but that, saying... But, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, look, Eagles fans, you got to understand what the NFL trade deadline is all about. Right? It is the last-ditch effort to add to your roster. The fundamental cornerstone of building an NFL franchise is the draft. Then you build through free agency. You add the necessary pieces through free agency. And the trade deadline, much as it is with other sports, is a negotiation of two identities, buyers and sellers. If you are a buyer, you're willing to spend a little bit more fragrant... uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You're, 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 you're willing to spend more. You're willing to spend more because you know you are on the cusp of going to a suit. You think that that player is going to increase your... You already know you're in the playoffs. The New England Patriots, when they offer a two for Sanu, they're just trying to increase their odds that they get to a Super Bowl. They're looking for the next Brandon Cooks. Yep. So there's buyers in this league, people that know they're going to the playoffs, know they're going to make a championship run, and then there's sellers, people that are selling because they know that these assets that they have are not in their long-term plans. And in the case of the Miami Dolphins a little bit, they're tanking. They know they're going to be at the top of the draft order. They're trying to get as many assets as they can to rebuild their teams. And then you've got a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, who, let's face it, guys, for as much as I'm hyped about the Buffalo win up there, four and four, they're a 500 ball club. There isn't one player out there that was going to be for a reasonable asking price that was going to come in and salvage this season or not that the season needed to be salvaged, but take them over the top to make them immediate Super Bowl contenders. Gail, does that make any sense to you? Yeah, it makes sense. I, yeah, I was thinking about coming from you know a place of you know, you know when the time is right and the trade makes sense, you you make that trade. But the way that Howie looked, pretty much he looked desperate at this moment going across the league. You know, like everybody knew what position the Eagles were coming from. You know, they were they were knocking on every single door trying to make an opportunity happen, uh, and that's where you know the other team has leverage. And even like the Denver Broncos, the, I mean, the, the weirdest situation for me is like to see teams like the Bengal, Bengals and the Broncos, where they have players of value that want to lead their teams next year and they're not trading them. That's that's really dumb on their part. Um, I heard Chris Harris actually didn't want to leave the team. He sure. wanted to play out the year. Um, but, you know, um, A.J. Green, uh, you know, Geno Atkins, those guys for, for the Bengals. The Bengals, the, I was believe an NFC uh, guy was saying that the Bengals don't even, you know, don't even bother calling the Bengals because they're not going to make it, give you a, a trade or anything. So I think... Uh, from where we stood, I just think we looked looked desperate. And if they wanted to make that move, they just had to make a power move. Like, if, if it was the right guy, 
then I, I understand you make that move. And there was the only really one right guy for me for me to overpay, and that was Jalen Ramsey. Other than that, you know, you can't you can't just you can't throw a two at Robbie Anderson if that was no, the price. That's, no, absolutely not. Like I was sitting there, I was sitting there watching Robbie Anderson interviews, going through all the police reports, and are like, are we going to do this? No, that's not that's not a smart move on our our end. Yes, he's a field stretcher. Uh, if he, if we gave him a fifth round, maybe that would that would have worked for me. It would be a one year rental, and maybe you you sign him. But uh, I think you know a lot of thing. A lot of a lot of this comes back to Deshaun Jackson. How do they feel about Deshaun Jackson moving forward? Is he healthy enough? He's not going to be one hundred percent healthy, but is he healthy enough to give them something moving forward? And uh, Hollywood, we'll get to we'll get to you in a second. But I want to I want to make this point before it flutters out of my head, which it has a tendency to do. You know, a couple weeks ago I said that trades made in season will often be out of desperation. And trades made out of desperation are often one-sided. And I think that I, I, I completely agree with you on that one. Like the, te- like, the Eagles looked desperate. So I'm seeing a lot of fire Howie on the timeline. I'm seeing a lot of Howie didn't do his job. You heard reports that he was actively... You heard a lot of fire Howie? A ton of it, dude. Yeah. The timeline was livid. Which, this, the timeline was yeah. livid over this. And that doesn't make sense. I mean, th- we just won a Super Bowl. Like, I mean, well, for, for, ungrateful peasants. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, all right. Well, I'm not willing to go that, that far. Right but but, but uh, what I'm trying to say is, like, when you take a look at a Robbie Anderson... Joe Douglas spent three years standing behind Howie Roseman, making trades with the connects that he made, standing behind him, watching him fleece these teams for guys like Jordan Howard, fleece these teams for guys like Jay Ajayi, make all these moves and look like a genius in the process. You think that when Joe Douglas picked up that phone, didn't even pick up the phone, looked at his phone and saw a 215 number was calling that he didn't know that was Howie Roseman. Hang it up, hang it up. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't doing this to me. They wanted the two for Robbie Anderson. What did you want him to do? They wanted the two for Chris Harris. When I when I said a couple weeks ago that it's not as easy as do the deal, whatever it takes, because there's a lot of layers that go into this. You just said Chris Harris. Everyone's disappointed by Chris Harris. Denver Broncos wanted the two for a 30-year-old cornerback whose contract was expiring, who, by the way, didn't even want to leave. What do you want Howie Roseman to do? What what do you want him to do? I mean, sometimes like if you, like I said, if the right guy is there, you overpay, and that's you. You really have to make that decision. uh, That that's the guy that puts you guys over the hump. Really makes sense. Uh, and th- those are the kind of moves that you make. But. People are pissed off about Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I mean, like, 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 yo, don't make the same mistake twice. You gave up a three for Golden Tate last year. You're not going to. And Mike Grow didn't know how to use him because guess what? You already had a slot receiver on the team. Yeah, you're do- you're doubling up on stuff. Now you got Deshaun Jackson, who's supposed to speak on Thursday, coming back, and you're going to get Robbie. Now you got two burners. I guarantee you that. L.L. Bean mannequin, who I can't stand seeing him up in front of the podium addressing the media, he won't know how to use, Hollywood, take this, take this. You got it, you got it, you got it. I'll keep rambling and ranting on. All right, so I looked at this in how I've been looking at it the past few weeks. I have looked at our drafts, how we've done the past few years, and honestly, I'm unimpressed. I don't think that we draft well as a team. And then I look around the league, and I look, does every team build through the draft? Because that's all, that's all everybody ever says, is you got to build through the draft, got to build through the draft. And then I looked at the New 
England Patriots. And I went and I looked at their drafts. And I was like, you know what? They're really not that good at drafting either. I'm going to rattle off some names for me, and you just you shout out if, if you've heard about them in the NFL. Nikhil Harry. Yep. Hasn't yep. played yet. Yep. He, was, he was their first-round pick this year. Uh, Joe Juan Williams, Chase Winovich, Damian Harris, Yadni Kajust. Kajust. Um, the, and I want you to notice a trend here as well. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, a quarterback. Yep, yep. Uh, Byron Cowart, Jake Bailey, Ken Webster, uh, now back to 2018. Isaiah Wynn, Sony Michelle. Yes, you hit on Sony Michelle, but that's... Uh, Wynn got injured this Wynn. first year. But go ahead. Duke Dawson, Jawan Bentley, Christian Sam, Braxton Berrios, Danny Etling, Keon Crossan, Ryan Izzo. And you go back to 2017. You've got Derek Rivers, Antonio Garcia, Dietrich Weiss, Connor McDermott. And the point I'm trying to make is none of these names resonate in the NFL. These are these are assets that the Patriots have acquired and really haven't been able to do much with. What I have noticed in the trend of them, though, is that any year that they have more than four picks, they're also drafting a quarterback. And what they're doing in that, they don't think Tom Brady's retiring this year. Tom Brady's probably not retiring next year. They're not drafting to get Tom Brady's successor. They're drafting so that they have a quarterback behind Tom Brady because if there's a quarterback sitting behind Tom Brady, that quarterback gets value. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's sitting behind the greatest quarterback of all time. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo, you look at Jacoby Brissett, and I think... Matt Castle. Yeah, Matt Castle, and you look look at that and you, you see the game plan that the Patriots are going for, and that is simply to develop quarterbacks and then be able to flip them. Yeah, I think what the Patriots have done, they they bucked the trends. Uh, you know, they at the time where they're drafting two tight ends and you know drafting a running back in the first round when everyone's like, don't draft a running back. And mm-hmm. then when they pulled uh, Michelle, I just think um, you know in the comp pick game and how they've been selecting. I think the one thing I think that Belichick has over a lot of these other GMs in the league, he's the he's the coach, uh, he's the GM, and he he's picking his own groceries. And I think that does help him a little bit. And what I see is that I've, I've noticed, and I'm sure you guys have noticed as well, there's, there's players that are dominant in college, and then it doesn't pan out in the NFL. And I've noticed that what the Patriots' formula seems to be is to let these guys all come into the NFL. And then you see who actually does pan out. And then you make trades and you make free, free agent acquisitions to, to find the guys that actually will be able to play. And then you use your, your draft assets. You use different players that have been developed underneath. For proven talent. Yeah, pro- for yeah. proven talent. But what you're, what you're citing right there, at any time that somebody cites the New England Patriots, or anything about the modern era of New England Patriots football, you are citing the exception, not the norm. You were literally talking about the great, as much as it makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth when I say it, you're talking about the greatest franchise dynasty in NFL history. But not the greatest drafting franchise. It doesn't matter. You've got the greatest coach in NFL history. Screw Vince Lombardi, and the greatest yeah, coach in NFL that. history. I agree with that. And up to a couple years, Gail, you know that I was a big Jerry Rice guy. He was the best. I kept pounding the table. He is the best football player to ever lace up cleats and put on a helmet and grace an NFL field. Not when he put on that Popeyes helmet, but go ahead. <laughs> but now it's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I mean, just bar none. Tom Brady is the greatest. So you're talking about the greatest run franchise with the greatest head coach, the greatest quarterback, and the gra- forget Montana and Bill. All right, it's Bill and Brady. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that you're citing the exception. You're not. You're not citing the rule. The rule for the rest of the league historically 
is that you have to build through the draft. And while it is convenient to be able to graze through the rest of your pro personnel department and see what proven talent is going to be out there that could help you, uh, like, the, like the trade that the Eagles made for the Cleveland Browns, throwing out a, a fourth-round pick for that kid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, is, it is nice to be able to do that, but unfortunately, for the rest of us dum-dums, we've got to build through the draft. Yeah. And it does the Eagles absolutely no good right now to trade for Robbie Anderson, to trade for Chris Harris, to give up something like a second-round pick, to throw a Band-Aid, a temporary Band-Aid, on a permanent problem. Listen, again, if your argument is that the Eagles don't draft well, I'm there with you. I'm at the front of the line. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's there at the front of the line, I'm kicking them to the side because I want to stand there and be at the front of the line, banging the drum that you guys need to draft better. But that doesn't mean that you give it up on, you give up on the draft or you start willy-nilly just throwing picks at Band-Aids for proven talent. That's how you get yourself in trouble. That's how you become the Washington Redskins, yeah. by not drafting well, going out and signing free agents like Collins, who make no sense for what you're fit or what you're trying to do right there, mm-hmm. and then trying to make in-season trades that, again, aren't getting you anywhere. But there's nothing, I mean, that, there's nothing that's saying that you can't make other trades to acquire draft picks back as well. I mean, but the, but the Eagles also gave up multiple picks for Jason Peters. And th- th- these are the kind of players that are you that makes sense for if they are elite talents you don't you don't you don't just do it for uh you know g- generic guys if they are playmakers then you make those moves but if they're just you're not going to get fleeced and put in a corner uh to make moves that don't make sense but when when you when you say generic guys there was a lot of generic guys with some pretty hefty price tags out there would I have liked a Robbie Anderson? Absolutely. Listen, if it was a fifth-round yeah. I mean, pick, you're not, you're not this deal would have been done, bro. Yeah, if it was a fourth-round pick for Chris Harris, this deal would have been done. But I guarantee you the same people that are saying fire Howie for doing nothing would have been the same people saying fire Howie because he made a bad trade at the end of the season. Sure. Like, like I guarantee you. And we're not in the position where we can just, just throw out picks like a New England Patriots. I mean, the, the great thing about uh, us moving forward – is the, the multiple draft picks. I mean, there's going to be, you know, double-digit draft picks. You know, you're talk, talking about five, what, last year, and five the year before. Mm-hmm. You, you know, down the pike, we're going to have, like, 20 different draft picks, hopefully. Here, you know, here are the Eagles' 2020 draft picks, and, of course, I always had to check with the, with the, the absolute source, Jimmy Kemsky, because he's in charge comp of, like, pick genius. comp pick mastermind, right? We got our one, our two, two threes. One's going to be a projected comp pick for Foles, all right? You finally get that Foles pick, something for him back. Two fours, one is supposed to be a projected comp pick for Hicks. Uh, the uh, Golden Tate pick, uh, when he was signed by the Giants, that uh, with Sendejo kind of cross cancel, the, each other. cancel each other out. You got two fives, both of which you own. One, uh, one is your own. One is uh, New England for the Benetrade, and then you have a six for Cyprian. Now, look again. Two I know sixes. the right two sixes. Two sixes. I apologize. So I know once again that the Eagles aren't good at drafting in it. But if I'm the Eagles right now, I'm realizing that you're in the spot that you're in right now because the drafts haven't been good. So what I am going to do is get back to my roots, start investing in all the assets and the minds. By the way. 
to help because I know Howie's forte is not the NFL draft. Well aware of that. Not making excuses for the guy. Mm-hmm. But get surrounding him, sparing no expense, to surround him with all the minds that he needs to put together a draft board so he can have final say on these on these draft picks. Well, he does have Andy Weidel with him, and Andy Weidel came together with Joe Douglas. So a guy who's been learning underneath Joe Douglas for umpteen years, that, that's a guy that's in place. Uh, but, you know, It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where we go. But you did mention, like, you know, the Eagles haven't been drafting well. But, you know, you, you do have to give give credit where it is. I mean, Jason Peters went down. We Our, our first-round draft pick is playing f- pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a rookie, he's stepping right in, making big plays. Uh, a guy like, you know, another guy who was getting killed on the timeline over the last couple of weeks was Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, he's had a ton of explosive plays. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible t- talent in space, uh, but he showed you his ability to to break off. That that juice I've been talking about mm-hmm. with Miles Sanders, he finally showed it. Dude, the um, wheels. I mean, if you get him in open space, uh, he's a one-cut runner, and he'll hit the hole and, and go. You, he's going to learn. Watching Jordan Howard, like I said, Jordan Howard is the perfect foundational back for the Eagles right now. He's the guy that will can, can teach Miles Sanders how to run these, these inside zones to a T, have the patience. Um, but, you know, this guy has juice. Uh, I mean, that was exciting to see. And he was a second-round pick this year. So, obviously, we got to get start uh, drafting well on the back end of these drafts because that's where, especially, you know, paying Wentz all this money, we got to start balling on a budget and, and thinking accordingly. And, and, speaking, and speaking of paying people money, a lot of these draft people who were on the trade block, a lot of them had expiring contracts. Personally, if you're going to sign somebody post-trade, Let's some let's sign somebody that you've already traded for. Like I'm all on the Jordan Howard bandwagon. Mm-hmm. But him and Miles Sanders are an amazing, absolutely an amazing one-two punch. Like why are we why I I would explore every opportunity to bring Jordan Howard Back next year, sign him long term. It was funny, like people were like, "Oh, Le'Veon Bell's available. Maybe we maybe should trade the, for him." What are you do, talking about? You, did you not see uh, the Bills game? Um, you're getting value at the running back position. You're not overpaying. Like you're not giving umpteen, like fifteen million dollars to a running back or fifteen to thirteen million dollars. That, that's not a smart move. Um, I think we got we have two running backs that are uh, they're, they're very cheap. And did, and did you notice, like for the last two weeks? Scoring plays have been made when both of them been in the backfield. You know, we, we, we talked about it on the previous episode, that one touchdown to Dallas Goddard, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them are in the backfield. Miles goes out for a route. Uh, Howard comes around the edge. Mm-hmm. Linebackers don't know what to do. They pull up a little bit, and that gives Dallas Goddard open the, field. Uh, at least enough space to get open and score that touchdown. And then that run in Buffalo, dude. Where, where Jordan Howard's almost acting like a fullback. Yeah. Like, so for the second straight week, you've had an explosive big play that it was resulted in points directly because you had both running backs in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not make a trade and then sign somebody to plug a hole when I guarantee that at next year, if you don't sign Jordan Howard, 
you are going to have to spend one of those draft assets on a running back again to back Sanders up. Yeah. Because he's just not ready. Like, he's explosive like Gale said. He's going to be a stud like Gale said. But he can't do everything. He can't do what Jordan Howard does. And that's the benefit of having a one-two punch like that. Yeah, ground and pound. I mean, you think about that fourth quarter where, you know, we're trying to put away the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. You put in a bruiser like... Uh, he's like the Mike Tyson. He's hitting the ribs. And he he's hitting the fall ribs. forward. Yeah. He's, he's always falling forward. So, I mean, you really like to see that from Jordan Howard. But you really like to see how they ran the ball. Uh, 36 snaps under center. Um, and how many times have I, I been saying, like, I just wish they would run the ball under center. Um, you know, they, they they just did a good job. I, I think that the tight ends, a big shout-out to the tight ends. Again, Dallas Goddard, uh, a guy who is also a weapon in, in, in space and, you know, a, a pass catcher, but he's also a, a solid blocker. And, and the guy gives effort. A lot of these run plays that you're seeing that are happening, you know, Dallas Goddard is doing the dirty work, you know. We, we've been for weeks on this show. Asking it out to the viewing audience. What is the identity of this Philadelphia Eagles team? And I think finally, after week eight, it's starting to come a little bit in the focus. And it's not to, to the traditional Philadelphia Eagles team that you and me and everyone sitting here and everybody watching is used to seeing. For years, for, for a couple decades, we were used to a vertical West Coast Andy mm-hmm. Reid style offense. Yep. This team's identity... If they so choose to stick with their strengths of this football team, please is what? A running team. The running backs and the tight ends. Mm-hmm. The running backs and the tight ends. What's the two games, Gail, I'll ask you this. What's the two games where the Philadelphia Eagles during the 2019 season have looked the best? Give me the two games. That would be the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills. That's, that, I didn't, we didn't plan that out. The script, everybody knows it. We yeah. looked the best against the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills. Against the Green Bay Packers, we had 336 total yards of offense. 176 of that came from running backs on the ground exclusively. 81 yards for tight, from tight ends. That's 76% of your offense and two scores coming from your running backs and your tight. Over three quarters of your offense came from those two positions of strength. And you shocked the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau on a short week. Mm-hmm. And then it gets a tough team against the Buffalo Bills. 371 total yards. 204 of them exclusively from running backs. 42 yards from tight ends. And then another 59 yards from running backs in the passing game. That's 82% of your total offense is coming from the running back and the tight end position. Ladies and gentlemen, we found the identity of this team. Now it is up to Doug Peterson to decide whether or not he continues on this trend and play to the strengths of this Philadelphia Eagles team. And that is going to become of the utmost importance because in the next three weeks, man, we've been been wondering for a long time what this Philadelphia Eagles team actually is. We're going to learn a lot about them in the next three weeks. Because, mm-hmm. boy, the next three weeks are tough. It's a gauntlet. You got Chicago Bears. Obviously, losing record, struggling team. The offense is not playing to the defense's level. They're wondering if Mitchell Trubisky is the guy out there. They're struggling offensively mightily. Then you've got your bye week. Then comes the team that you were mentioning with the drafts and the trade. That's mm-hmm. the New England Patriots. It is a monster game. And then the week after that, the Seattle Seahawks. The big question for me moving forward is not what what trade will happen for the dudes uh, for dudes outside of the building. 
It's will Doug Peterson utilize the strengths of this team, the 53 guys he has in this locker room, and move forward and find that identity and be that running tight end. Adapt his offense to the strengths of his team so we can move forward. Attack the linebackers. And, I, and if you get if you get Deshaun Jackson back, that's just like a, an added bonus. I really think he's a he's a tone setter. You you have that guy in your your lineup, it, it just changes the whole dynamic. I think you know the last couple of weeks we've just been hoping that. You know, Doug Peterson calls plays that make sense. I think the plays made sense this week. The, the screens, we've been asking for screens for weeks. It's all working. Uh, we got tight end screens. We got, it's you know, working. running back screens. Mm-hmm. And he even faked that, he even, he even faked that screen to Alshon. And then uh, he, he set it up and ran. And went, ran. I mean, ran for it. Giving him what the defense. That's, simplifying the offense. And that's what I like to see from Wentz. I mean, you, you're, Who would have thought? You're seeing some mobility. Uh, you know, he's got that mobility, and he he's got the guts to, you know, take it take it down the take it down the field. But I think uh, just watching him get back to his normal self, uh, that was great to see. And listen, Eagles fans, the trade deadline or the lack of moves at the trade deadline does not mean the Philadelphia Eagles are giving up on this team. Yeah. No. The, the reinforcements are coming in. All right, you got Deshaun Jackson coming back. I don't know what percent he'll be at, but just his presence on the field is going to add that vertical threat. Don't forget in the secondary, Avante's coming back. Cravon's coming back. Now, are these world beaters? No, but all of a sudden they start at... Tell me you did not see the difference against the Buffalo Bills with Jalen, who has his flaws, and Darby, who clearly has his flaws. But together, all of a sudden, things started to make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Did the defensive line not have the appropriate time to get after the quarterback? <gasps> Could it be that maybe we don't need to trade for a corner and give up a bunch of draft capital for it? Could it be that we don't need to give up a bunch of draft capital for a wide receiver? That help is on the way? Could it be bad weather? Could it be yeah. uh, Josh Allen? That, the, the one it thing was is like, windy, man. Josh Bro. Allen that, Josh Allen is the, was the perfect quarterback for us to play. Uh, I thought, like, he, you know, he's not an experienced uh, quarterback, you know, like in the league, like we face, like a, you know, like a Matt Ryan, a, you know, a Matt Stafford or Aaron Rodgers type. I, I think, and, and again, the, this is the perfect quarterback for us to play. I mean, in terms of getting our groove back, you know, yes. so we can start mm-hmm. teeing off on some of these QBs. It, like Mitchell Trubisky is the perfect timing for him to play us because I think, you know, he, he's struggling and I think uh, we can go after him again. One of the beautiful things about being on this show, Fourth and John, is kind of you, you, you talk through it, right? You talk your emotions through it. You're angry, you're <laughs> upset, you're happy, you're stuff like that. There was a strategic placement of E-Rock to the outside of this table because I wanted Gail to come out first and give you that positive spin on it because I came in here in some sort of mood. I was pissed getting ready to rip people for sell the fire Howie stuff and, 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 and talking bad about the Eagles re- reference to the trade deadline. But as I'm talking myself, I, I was pissed off. And I'm down on this team. I was down on this team. But as I'm sitting here kind of talking through all this emotion and all this stuff, I'm starting to realize that maybe, just maybe, Stella's getting a groove back. You know what I mean? God, and we're, we're listen, <laughs> maybe Orlando Scandrick died for our sins so we could be resurrected. Maybe help is on the way. Maybe, just maybe, if we beat the Chicago Bears, which is possible, Mm -hmm. it's doable, if they do the right things and stick to their strengths and their identity, and then we're able to steal one against the Seattle Seahawks or the New England Patriots, you take a look at the last five games of the season, their combined record is 9-29. 9-29. You're at the Dolphins versus the New York Giants. 
at the Redskins. Cowboys at home. That'll be a big one. Yep. Payback. And then we'll be at the Meadowlands at the Giants. 26-35. and 35. Could it be if they get a confidence booster in the next three games and stick to their identity and start to figure stuff out? Meanwhile, they got the recruits coming back to backfield the roster. Could all of a sudden they start going on the run? But Dallas is in your way. Ho, ho, ho. The Dallas Cowboys. I didn't forget about you guys. Last five games of their season, 32-26-1. and one. They've got the Patriots, the Bills, the Bears, the Eagles, and Washington. That's no cakewalk. Mm-hmm. Could it be that we did not need to make a trade at all? Could it be? If you believe, and all of a sudden I'm sitting here starting to talk myself. I can't believe I came in here in one mood, and now as I'm talking through it, I'm starting to talk myself in an exact opposite direction. Yeah, you want to switch seats? You want to switch seats now? Let's switch, Let's switch seats. seats. I'm going to stay right here. I need the big chair. I need the big chair. All right, here we go. You forgot to sit on the phone booth. This guy's all sunshine and ice cream over here now. Oh, shut up, Kevin. <laughs> All right, listen, we've got the Chicago Bears coming to town, so I wanted you guys to kind of think about, like, what are the keys to victory against the Chicago Bears team that's kind of in a tailspin of their own? They're, they're not, the offense is not living up to the defensive standards. Granted, that defense is nasty, but Mitchell Trubisky, that whole entire offense is really struggling right now. They're burning Mitch jerseys, too. Are they burning Mitch they jerseys are. already? Yep. This guy burned two jerseys at one time. Mm-hmm. Two jerseys, one fire. He's a baller. <laughs> Did you see that kid, by the way, that burnt that Wentz jersey, apologized publicly? Okay. Uh, as he should. As he should. As he should. So, Gail, give me some... Give me some thoughts on the Bears game. How do the Philadelphia Eagles come back home and win this game? Bring the pressure. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, a guy who's, you know, his mechanics are off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get some pressure on him. Um, I think he, he's, he's reeling right now. They're, I think they, they feel like he might be the wrong guy. Um, you know, Tariq Cohen, the guy who was big for them last year, they haven't really, like, really utilized him. I think, you know, uh, you know they, they, they're, they're around draft pick. Um, you know, they're running back. He's been, you know, he's, he's got that ground and pound ability, but I think it's, I don't know if it's forced. I, I, their offense just isn't hitting like it's supposed to be hitting. Obviously, their defense is sound. I think you got to run the ball. You know, you just keep running the ball. I think as we progress through the game, I think you tire them down, you know, hit them with some play action, get the passing game going a little bit, but stick with the run right now. Like, if you, if you can if you keep on run through the teeth of this defense, soften them up, and with their offense not, uh, you know, they're not performing like they should be, I think we've got a great chance to uh, beat them this week. Evan Hollywood Hearn, give me your keys to victory against the Chicago Bears. Keys to victory for me are, uh, we have to come out, they, they've got a dominant defense. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts around that. Uh, nope. If you look at the, both their rushing against and their, their passing against, they're ranking in the top seven. Uh, so I think what needs to happen is our defense needs to cause turnovers. And we need to get an early lead. If we get an early lead, then the ball gets put in Mitch's hands. Not to steal the light from Zach Brown, but... We, we want we want the core, we want this game to be in Mitch's hands. Is how I feel. Breaking news: Evan just got cut. <laughs> um, I think that if it's all on if it's all on Mitch, he's going to make mistakes. It's going to cause more turnovers, and that's how we pull away. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. My One of my keys to victory, first and foremost, is pressure Trubisky. Look, I know the Eagles have gotten burnt by the blitz before. 
throw the kitchen sink at them. You might get burned a couple times, but I guarantee you, you are going to get home against Mitchell Trubisky. They have given up 19 sacks, and Mitchell Trubisky, while giving up 19 sacks, is 44th in quarterback rating at 81.4, 30th in touchdown passes. He's uh, 56th in yards per pass. Just to give you an idea of what that means. There's 32 teams in the NFL. Yeah, there's 32 teams in the NFL. (laughs) He's tied in touchdown passes with Ryan Tannehill. And yards per pass, he's tied with Luke Falk. (laughs) Luke Falk. What the fuck? Who who just could be sitting here watching this podcast at home after the beating, 10-sack beating he took from the Philadelphia. He's not even on the team anymore. Look. Unleash the dogs. Unleash yeah. the hounds. The Brandon running... Graham's going to eat this game. Listen, you might get burnt a couple times. You are going to have to live with this. But you have to blitz and pressure him, pressure him, pressure him into mistakes. And secondly, you have to protect Wentz at all costs. At all... The Eagles did a phenomenal job of using the, pass, the, the quick screen game and simplifying the offense so Carson Wentz could make quick and easy reads and take what the offense was giving him. If that wide receiver screen was covered up, he rushed for it. Well, Carson Wentz had had the most rushing yards that he had for a while, if not his career, just because the open field, like the ball was going to get out of his hands quickly, the defense react, and it opened up the seas for him, and he went for it. Yeah. But you have to protect, in other words, two tight ends in almost at all times. Mac is going to be a beast, and they will move him around the field. They will disguise where he's coming from. They will use stunts and try to pick on guys like Sayamalo or whoever it might yeah. be to get to the quarterback. You need your tight ends, and you need your running backs chipping. Yeah, and they brought a big V in last, last week. You know, If you can bring him in as an extra tight end, hey, that's more power to you. Mm-hmm. And lastly, and I cannot stress this one enough, because it needs to be a key of victory, not only for this game, but moving forward – is stick with that identity that won you those two games, and in those two games, you looked the best you had all year. Again, Doug Peterson is 32-2 when he runs the ball for over 30 times. And the the doubters and the skeptics to that statistic... And an out, not even an outdated narrative, just a false narrative. Well, is of course they run the ball and have a winning record because when they're winning, they run the ball to milk the clock. We are far enough removed from the 2017 Super Bowl season when we were absolutely curb stomping people, curb stomping teams, eating their lunch and running up the score on them to the point where we were just like let let Blunt and Ajayi just run the ball and milk the clock out. When we run the ball, we win. And it doesn't matter if you're running it from behind. It doesn't matter if you're running it when you're tied or when you have the lead. Name the other times where the Eagles have had the lead in the last two seasons. And Doug Peterson is still 32-2 and when the Eagles run the ball over 31. Please, just stick with this. This is going to be your identity moving forward. You're punching your ticket to the playoffs right here if you stick to this formula. I can't stress that. Yeah, enough. and like I said, DJ's back, it's it's crazy. Like you add that. I, I like the balance. You really definitely need the balance uh, in the offense. But you, when you have that opportunity to have deep shots, that's going to open up things. You're going to see you're going to see Zach Ertz uh, being back to Zach Ertz. Uh, but uh, you know, do wanted to touch on that trade that the Eagles uh, the play. Please that, do, please do, because I don't know much about Jannard Avery. He's yes. one of he's one of those guys where uh, you know when I'm doing my draft research and, and I'm in the, the last couple of days and. 
at three o'clock in the morning looking at players and like, why am I doing this? <laughs> That's he's one of those players, uh, a guy from Memphis. You know, he, he was he's one of those tweener types. Uh, he was a hybrid hybrid type linebacker. Uh, he played inside linebacker, outside linebacker, but he's a downhill player as as a. A rusher off the edge. He's gonna he's gonna be give that versatility. I think that's the, I think that's what they liked out of him. You know, he's a smaller in stature. He's short arms, but I think he can he can rush the passer. And if you saw him in, in one of the clips, he was a, rushing against uh, Lane Johnson. Got 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 to Nick Foles on that play. But he's he, he's a he's a, a player that can be a situational pass rusher. And I think they see something in him. Well, you heard our thoughts on the Bills game. You heard our thoughts on the trade deadline. You heard our thoughts on the upcoming matchup against the Bears. You guys absolutely killed it last week with the fan rant segment. We were so impressed. We want to start making this a staple of not only the 4th and John podcast, but the 4th and John web series because we're live on Facebook right now and on YouTube. And we uh, we encourage you to give us a like on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube so you can watch it live as it happens here in studio, not just the podcast. But as always, definitely uh, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We wanted to hear from you, so you gave us a couple uh, little fan rants there, Spence, that we got them queued up. Let's hit it, baby. You have to go into the bye on a high, so beating Chicago is really important. Um, when it comes to the trades, I don't trust any rumors whatsoever. I do trust Howie and whatever he decides. I'm sticking with my team. I bleed green. So hopefully we can win five and four. If we can beat one of the two difficult games, uh, New England and Seattle, and then hopefully beat the expected teams. You have to go into the bye on a high. So. All right. Well, first of all, we love seeing fans from overseas across the pond giving forth and John some love. Bro, send us our address. I know it's going to be uh, cost expensive for international chi- uh, international shipping, but we have got to get your uh, it, like smoke detector fix, bro. With all that, I don't know how you're sleeping at night with that thing. We appreciate you checking in, dude. You have to trust Howie. One of the things that had me so fired up walking in here was all the fire Howie. Howie didn't do enough. Howie's not doing this. As if Howie was sitting in his office for the last 48 hours playing Fortnite instead of making phone calls trying to make trades and improve this team. Of of course he did, and of course he has. That's his strength, is trades and free agency and stuff like that. But you have to trust him not to make the same mistake twice. Howie Roseman is a guy who learned from his mistakes when he got banished to the other side of the Novacare complex, when Chip sent him over there, alright? He learned from his mistakes, he came back a better GM. In my opinion, he made the right move by not making the same mistake for the Golden Tate trade, which is just make a trade for the sake of making a trade. Gail. Yeah. Bring, you're bringing up that golden Tate trade again. If you make a trade every, if you make a trade that makes sense, you do it. But obviously, we're, he's he's learned his lessons. All right, what's uh, what's the next one? Sweet baby Jesus in the manger. see. Thank you for blessing my Eagles with another win. Based on the last week of turmoil and controversy, we won. We persevered. Let's keep it consistent, and let's beat the Bears. Next up, fast forward to the trade deadline. There's a tall, light-skinned, African-American young gentleman that already looks good and green, and he has great hair like myself. And I'm not talking about myself. His name is Robbie Anderson. Long-term situation. 
based on the offense, he'll help. He'll do what he, he's supposed to do. He fits the scheme, Howie. He fits uh, 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 everything, Howie. Uh, go get him. If you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Go Birds. Sweet baby Jesus in the manger. DC Daryl, love it. Love the, love the energy. And uh, I, I I think I see a, a little bit of that belief thing, man. I'm feeling so much better. Feeling good about yourself? I'm feeling good. You're smelling yourself? I'm not smelling myself. I'm smelling the Eagles. Because, listen, right, Robbie Anderson was obviously a little bit too much. Joe Douglas was not going to allow himself to be fleeced like Howie Roseman has fleeced so many other teams. He was not going. Plus, like, look, if you're, if you're the New York Jets, why would you get rid of a dude like that when you're trying to give targets to Sam Darnold? You know what I mean? You watch, Eagles fans. You watch the New York. Mark my way. You watch, too. You watch the New York Jets, and you watch the job that Joe Douglas does up there. And you will see that Joe Douglas was completely overrated and ab- and above his Peter Prince. He got promoted above his above his ability. And you'll see exactly what kind <laughs> oh, of kid, dude, this know. guy is just like come on. Joe Douglas hated what are you number doing? one. Joe <laughs> Douglas hated number one. Tim Tim won, Tim won the Super Bowl. This dude is like in the back making all these great moves bringing people in the right pieces that mm. fit the mm. harmony bringing the players mm. that love football mm. and you're here spitting all over his grave now those drafts look good right the boards Jeez. that he set up what's the next one I don't want to get into Andre Daly they're starting starting tackle right Relax, now dude Running back, Miles right. Sanders, right. most explosive plays in the last since the nineties. Roll the tape. Jesus guy. Ungrateful. Like the Bills game, they came in and won a, a it was a dirty win. And it sh- it shows that that locker room is not near as tainted what is what people make it out to be. I think with the trade deadline people are making too much they're overestimating the need at corner way too much. I think Jalen Mills has been playing pretty well. Darby's gonna get healthier. Uh, LeBlanc's going to come back. Maddox is going to come back. That's going to put a big boost in our secondary. I think we should be focusing on another defensive tackle or a speed wide receiver because Fletcher Cox can't do it on his own. I love Tim Jernigan, but when he comes back, who knows how that foot's going to hold up. Um, Deshaun Jackson, I think he's liable to get hurt because he never got surgery on that sports hernia. So. Well, the guy, the guy made a lot of interesting points, but I, but the touch on one of the things that he said was the locker room chemistry. And again, I think Orlando Skandrick might have done, like the game ball, the MVP of that game might just be Orlando. Because, they listen, it's like a dysfunctional family sometimes. I come from a big family, as many of you who join us at the tailgates know. And we, the, the boys, I'm the oldest of four boys, we'll bicker amongst ourselves. Right? We'll, uh, we'll argue, we'll fight, we'll get in each other's faces, we'll get nasty with each other at times. But nobody's allowed to talk about the brothers except us. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. Now, all of a sudden, you got Orlando Skandrick dumping all over Malcolm Jenkins, who's the leader on this team. You got Orlando Skandrick talking about the locker room chemistry. And nothing unifies a team more than looking at a guy and that guy's talking trash on us. Listen, sometimes it's the basic, simple human elements that'll just unite a team. And that's why I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I'm kind of, as I'm talking through it, I'm kind of getting more and more excited about it. Yeah, I mean, the smirk on uh, Skandrick's face as, as he was going on, like, spilling the tea, he, he just looked like a – he looked so scorned, and he, like, he looked so hurt. And then he went on not one show, he went on two shows mm-hmm. to spill the tea. And he just looked – he just made himself look worse, uh, you know – did it bring the guys together? I, I believe it did. I, I think, you know, I had mentioned that that player meeting 
had to happen now like and then like a couple hours later it reported that the player meeting happened I think the which by the way Malcolm Jenkins never said they had a players meeting like he never said they he said they never had a players meeting before Mm -hmm. and it took this Orlando Scandrick thing not the inside sources not the uh, anonymous sources not the uh, you know the shrines or anything like that it took Orlando Scandrick for those guys to finally get together in a room keep the coaches out and talk it out yeah, thank I mean, you, yeah, Orlando. I, I mean, you, and you saw it on the football field. I, I think that the players uh, got to playing their their type of football. Ev, before we get on out of here, let's hit up a couple Twitter questions. Give me like three of them. Okay, uh, Alex Morrow wants to know why does this team always have to get, and why do they always have to have the underdog or disrespected label to play through? And I think the question they're trying to wonder is why do they dig have to dig themselves in this hole to dig themselves out? Why can't they stick with their identity that they know? That's a, that's a great question, but I'll go back right back to that. You know, sometimes it's just a, a human element. You need the – like, look, when, when we talked about the new norm or embrace the target or everything matters, it sounded as phony and as manufactured and superficial as when Jeffrey Lurie put on a T-shirt, 53 angry men before they went up to New England, which, by the way, worked. But it felt manufactured. It felt su- it didn't feel authentic. The reason why the underdog thing became such a huge theme for that 2017 Super Bowl run is because it was made by the players. Mm-hmm. It was organic. It was organic. It, it wasn't on purpose. It just kind of happened. And look, when you when you take a look at that, what were they really pissed off about? What were they what did they really feel disrespected about? That people counted a out. Vegas line. Mm-hmm. They got this. They felt disrespected because Las Vegas made them underdogs, even though they were the number one overall seed and playing in their stadium. The Vegas line they took personal, but now you've got people. Taking personal shot. It's not Las Vegas. It's not a, 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 uh, anonymous people. It's not anonymous sources. There's a guy on TV talking smack. It's a human element to it. And I don't care if that's what it takes to get this team going and unified. God bless Orlando Scandrick. He died for our sins. Yeah, yeah I just think this team, I mean, in, in order to be like, you know, champions, you know, you, you got to play like champions each and every week. You can't, you can't take weeks off, you know, like, Good teams win every single week. You don't want to be at the end of the season scratching and clawing and surviving to get in the playoffs. You want to be – you got your mind right. I, I, it's all about getting hot at the right time also in the NFL, but I, I really think that they have to start playing championship football. You know, you can't be they, – they, they remind me of myself in high school at last minute handing in assignments at the very last minute. Mm-hmm. Like, I should have been studying for this weeks ago, but here I am cramming. Like, just, you know, I think moving forward, they got that juice. Uh, you know, last week could be one of the games that propelled them to start winning more games and playing like champions. And then mark my words, man, if they if they can steal, if they can beat the Bears and then steal one of them against the Patriots, hopefully it's the Patriots, and maybe even the Seahawks or something. Again, those last five games... You could, you could start getting hot right at the right time. And ask the New York Giants, when they won those two Super Bowls under Eli Manning, what getting hot at the right time meant. Ask those Philadelphia Eagles in 2017, bro. Good. Go. <laughs> uh, Gary Scottish Eagle wants to know, ask Eagle Sessions if he was more impressed by the Eagles O-line or Niagara Falls. Wow. 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 <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go uh, the offensive line, man. Uh, they, they did a tremendous job. 
you know, despite the conditions, you know, they were they were they had the uh, the game on their back. The running game was, uh, you know, working. Uh, the, the running backs were putting up yards. I mean, hats off to you, offensive lineman. Uh, Niagara Falls. Um, it was wet. Uh, there was a lot of water. Yeah. There was a cliff, too. Yeah. The waterfall was kind of cool. How'd they uh, get all that water back up to the top? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was it was, it was was a wow moment I, I in am, wow I, history. I am so glad that this podcast with the trade deadline and what the Eagles got to do to beat the Bears has moved along so quickly as it has, and we're up against it. Because we don't get to talk about our trip up to Buffalo. And, and that fraudulent me. Bills Mafia. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I said what I said. Take it easy. Take it easy. Let me take a poll. Raise your hand if you saw someone go through a table. I, well, as I went back and saw some more uh, footage, people, oh, this guy didn't go through the table. No, I'm not saying that. Well, I'm, sorry, I'm saying, well, I'm saying all, we no, didn't no, see no, nobody no, no, go through a table. I'm, I'm glad you brought, this, uh, brought that up because I, I, I do, I do want to address it because people were disappointed that I didn't go through a table. And it certainly wasn't through lack of trying. No, oh, okay. We walked around we walked for two hours. We walked around for, yeah, two hours and it felt like endless miles going from, first of all, Ra- what is that? New Era Stadium? I keep, yeah. I keep wanting yeah, yeah, to call yeah. it Ralph Wilson New Stadium. Era. New Era, Era Stadium looks like a glorified high school stadium. College. Right? And then it is surrounded by houses, which I had only... I wasn't expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. Like, you hear about Lambeau Field and how it's like, boom, there's a stadium right in the middle of a neighborhood. That's exactly the way this glorified high school stadium looked like. So when we were tailgating with the Green Legion, by the way, shout out the Green Legion, mm-hmm. we, we had a... Always put on a great party. A great blast. party. Great party. Great party. Well organized. I recommend booking a trip with them. Um... When we went, we were in a uh, a restaurant. We were only like nah, about a mile away from the stadium, but we were at like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So clearly, because that's private property, they don't want you breaking any tables. Okay, Fair. fine and dandy. We make our way over to the Hammer Lots. What's called the Hammer Lots. Hammer Lots are a grass lot, which I can only describe as kind of the same sort of party atmosphere as F Lot. You walk by, you're getting the A hole chant. That's going to happen. But the more you talk to the Bills fans, like I went up to Bills, like the one fat dude on the corner, like he was giving he was giving us a hard time, right? So I walked up to him. I said, "Listen, man. Can, obviously, we're from out of town. Can you point me in the direction of the table lot?" Sweetest guy in the world. Like, like told us everything. Started the a-hole chant at us, and then we, when we actually went up to him and asked him a question, sweet as anything. But there were so many Eagles fans, and they were walking around with signs, ladies and gentlemen. Big signs. Gail posted a picture on the 4th and John Instagram. Signs that said, no table bashing, or no going through tables. No dizzy bat. No excessive drinking. No excessive I saw. drinking. They had multiple people walking around with signs, right? So that was a lot that the dude with the ketchup and the. I, I don't get any of that, dude. There's this old man with a beard that stands with the hot dog in his hands and then gets ketchup or mustard sprayed into his face like it's a Brazers video. It's so weird. Like, look, I don't want to ever hear anything about my Pope hat and that being corny because Bill's Mafia got the corniest setup I've ever seen in my life. So then we walk past there, past this Fugazi Stadium, and we finally make our way. No, we walk through, like, the, pro- the property of the stadium. And then I'm asking people, hey, where are the table lots? Where can I break my These back? These dudes had no idea what I was talking about. They looked at me like I had six heads. Break table, tables? Table lots? What, what are you talking about? And yeah. these are the passes for the season ticket holders to get into the stadium. They had no clue what I was talking about. By that time, we're like an hour and a half into this walk. We finally find the table lots. 
Finally, and then there's some fat dude. The, the, the lots were caged. There was like a, like a fence around the lots. And he was like, you can't get in here. Well, why? Because I'm wearing Eagles colors? He's like, no. Unless you pay, we stamp your hand. Unless you have the stamp, you can't. Oh, great. Wonderful. So now we can't even get the lots to break a table. Yeah, you, need, you need a car to get in so there. So we, we, yeah, you need a car to get in there and you need to pay for parking. So we get across the street and finally we found some place. And nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to do it. Now, look, I saw videos of Eagles. Oh, man, Showtime, right? He went through a table and stuff like that. But the way I had it pictured in my head, I wanted to be authentic. I wanted a Bills fan to do, like, the Undertaker choke slam and send me through a table. Because, look, reality of the situation, for those of you viewing at home, spoiler alert, I'm not a big guy. I'm five foot six, 160 pounds, which means I'm going to take one of these plastic tables, I'm going to set it up, and I have to crawl to the top of an RV to even get the momentum to break a table, and chances are these plastic tables, because I couldn't find a wooden table, I'd bounce right off the thing like a ping pong ball. So I needed some assistance, like some fat Bills fan, which by the way, the bulk of them, to put me, to put me through the table, and it just never happened. It just never happened. So for those of you that pissed off that I didn't go through a table. It wasn't for lack of trying, okay? Daddy tried. I tried to go through a table. It didn't happen. And then it was raining. And then it was like a monsoon out. That wind was so bad, I would have climbed to the top of an RV and just blew right the hell off. I got an idea. What? Can we get a Fisher Price, my first table? Uh, we'll bring it over to the uh, the, the next tailgate, and we'll throw... We'll, no, we'll, act, we'll actually saw the bottom no, a little how about, bit. So how about you, what you do? You held up a, a, a pork roll, and I'll spray you with, with the ketchup and mustard. Yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, no. Not doing that. And they call what I do at the tailgates corny. They call what I do at the tailgates corny. These people are getting sprayed with ketchup and mustard. Jesus. <laughs> what the hell were we talking about? I think we were doing Twitter questions. Twitter questions. All right, let's wrap this thing up, man. I just, I'm, I'm sweating now. I just got it. I just got heated. Shout out to Con- oh, by the way, the tailgate. <laughs> hey, we're coming back home. We're coming back home to parking lot F1. Of course, the tailgate gets popping as soon as the gates get open. Six o'clock. Don't have to be there that early. Things start popping off at eight o'clock. Uh, beer sponsor. Beer will be provided by Bud Light, and of course, the tomato pies, the delicious tomato pies, uh, sponsored by Conchahawk Bakery. You can come there, sample the wares. Uh, we will uh, we will be in full tailgate mode. It feels so good to be back home and be able to tailgate. So I can smell the pork roll right now. Uh, parking lot F one. Uh, any any final thoughts before we get out of here? I'm sweating now that it's, I got it's, it's, it's we're we're getting back to our, our group back. Uh, we're getting that dub. Like I don't see Mitchell Trubisky coming here and doing damage. I, I don't. I feel like this team's got the juice. And if Deshaun Jackson is back, you better watch out. Evan, minimum three turnovers is what's going to happen. We have oh. Mitch on his back all day. That's <laughs> how we win this game. Thirty plus runs, two tight end sets. Get the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands quickly. You win this game. Now's the time where you have the ability. Trade deadline, be damned. Where you have the ability, while the cavalry is coming and the reinforcements are going to start backing you up, to get hot at the right time. Let's go, Birds. And until next week, we will see you right here from NBC Sports Studios with 4th and John. Go, Birds. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.